0: Welcome to The Carter Report, and thanks for joining us. Our topic today is Antichrist in Action, Part 3. Around the world, millions of people on every continent are turning to the Bible prophecies and discovering truth. And as they discover truth, they are finding life and power and peace of mind. Welcome today, Antichrist in Action, Part 3. Voices. Voices, Voices from civilization's long silent are crying out, what is the meaning of these strange symbols of divine prophecies? John Carter explains these mysteries as he takes the living Word to audiences around the world. Join John Carter in this international ministry as he presents amazing truths from the astounding world of the prophets in The Carter Report. Now friend, before you read this text, listen to this, in Bible prophecy while a beast represents a kingdom, the woman represents the church. Is this familiar to you, folk? Folk, every church once understood it. It is still believed, the Roman Catholics believe that in prophecy a woman is the church. The Jews teach that in Bible prophecy a woman represents the church. The Protestants teach that in Bible prophecy a woman represents the church. The Bible teaches it. So now we're going to see what it says about this power. Revelation 17 verse 3. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman or the church sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. This is talking about the great counterfeit. It's the church. This chapter describes a counterfeit church. We come down a little further. Come down a little further because it gets a little amazing. Verse 9 it says, This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads, the seven heads, the seven heads are seven what does it say? Seven what? Hills. Seven hills on which this woman sits. Here is a church that is seated on seven hills. Now, I'm talking to a group of people that I believe, think, and are not motivated by prejudice or bigotry. Before we read this next verse, I want the answer. Then I'm going to give you the verse. Back in the days of Jesus, back in the days of the apostles, what city reigned over the earth? Say it loud. What city reigned over the earth? It was the city of the Caesars. It was, what is the city of the seven hills? It is Rome. Everybody knows that. The city of the seven hills is Rome. It is the city that reigned over the kings of the earth in the days of Jesus. Right? Now come to verse 18. Verse 18. And here it identifies it with the very finger of the Almighty God. Verse 18. Read it out loud, real loud. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. What woman is that? The woman is the church. And what is the city? The Bible tells me, as plain as plain can be, that this Great system is found in a city, the city of seven hills. The Bible says that I didn't make this up. I never wrote the Bible. And it tells me it is the city that reigned in the days of Jesus over the kings of the earth. It is, as you said, Rome. Now listen. Look at this. The Antichrist is a power that is a counterfeit. It is not a power that is opposed to Almighty God. It is a counterfeit. The Bible says it is in the church. Now you may say, I don't want to believe it. You've got to believe it. It is the truth. It is the truth. It is the truth. And you can say, I don't want to see it. Well, you can be blind, but nevertheless, it is the truth. I can come into here tonight and I can be so blind that I can feel this, listen, I can feel this and I can say, it is a table, it is a table, it's not a table, and I can feel it's a table until the cows come home, but it is still a lectern, it is a desk, and the truth is the truth whether I believe it or not, and truth operates independently to me and to you. All right, the Antichrist is in the church. He is a European king who arose on the ruins of the Roman Empire. He came up after 476. He overthrew three kings. And history tells me the Heruli, the Vandals, and the Ostrogoths. And the Bible says he is different because he is religious. He is more imposing because of his power. He ruled for 1260 years all of Europe. All of Europe in the Dark Ages, he sits in the city of Rome. Now listen. Preachers come to me and they say, They don't preach these things in the churches. I've had preachers say to me, we don't preach this in the church. We don't preach this in the church. We don't preach this in the church. Because we're afraid to preach this in the church, we're going to keep on preaching it because it is the truth. Now listen, I'm going to tell you how it happened. and. I've got the strongest material yet to give you. Listen, I don't know how long God is going to spare me to preach these things, but Beverly, my wife and I have made a vow that while God gives us strength, we're going to keep on preaching these things, so help us God. Now, I want to get over here to another piece of the blackboard and I'm sorry that I'm in the way. (laughs) On this television camera, but that's okay. You just keep doing your business and I'll keep doing mine. <laughs> okay, now that line represents the truth. You can all see that, can't you? That line represents the truth of God. The Bible says that Jesus founded a church. Jesus said, I'm going to make a church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You can't get rid of God's church. God has always had a church, and God has always had a people. Now, Jesus founded a church, but the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, there would come a falling away from the truth. That is called the great apostasy the Bible says I read it to you there would come a falling away from the truth that would be in the church and the man of sin would be revealed and I'm going to tell you what happened the church started off preaching the truth of the Bible and preaching the gospel and preaching the commandments but as the years went by pagan teachings came into the church People say we don't care whether it's pagan or not. We want to believe it. You can believe pagan teachings but you're not going to be saved. We are saved by following Jesus and by believing the truth. Now listen folks. Pagan teachings came into the church. And I'm going to talk about some of them tomorrow night and I'm going to show you pictures of them. So help me, God. You're going to see it. I'm going to put them up on the screen. Now, there was a falling away from the truth, and by the time you get through to about the third century, there came a man by the name of Constantine. And Constantine was a pagan emperor, but apparently he was converted. After he was converted, he killed his mother. It wasn't much of a conversion, particularly for his mother. Constantine accepted Christianity. He marched his soldiers down into the Tiber, had them baptized in mass, and said, You're now Christians. They weren't Christians, they were pagans with a bit of water on their heads. And the church became joined to the state. The church became joined to the state. And that is why one night when I talk on the coming world boycott, we're going to talk about the unity of church and state. The unity of church and state is the very embodiment of Antichrist. The church ought to stay out of the state, and the state ought to stay out of the church. Jesus said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. The church does not need the state. The state. And the state doesn't need the church. Back in America, the preachers are trying to take over Washington to bring in the kingdom of God. That is antichrist. What happened? We're going to have a little game, you and I? After you. You're bigger than I am, at least with this thing in front. The church fell away from the truth. The church, that claimed to be the light of the world, plunged the world into midnight. There were three European powers, the Heruli, the Vandals, and the Ostrogoths, and the church emanating from Rome crushed them. People come to me and they say, we don't know any of these things. Once upon a time, these things were taught in the schools. They're not taught anymore. Once upon a time, they were taught in the churches. They're not taught anymore. It's how the devil would have it you keep reading come back here to Daniel 7 look at Daniel 7 verse 21 you got it as I watched this horn this king was waging war against the Saints and defeating them let me put up this point come over here I'm i going to put up another point. The Bible says that this king from Rome persecutes. He persecutes. He persecutes the true church. He persecutes the woman. He persecutes the church of Jesus. He's against the truth. In fact, he says that he can forgive men their sins. When we have a priest, I believe in the priesthood. I believe in the high priesthood. I believe in the high priesthood of Jesus. I can't forgive your sins. Listen, no man can forgive sins, the Bible says. Who is he that speaketh blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? God alone is our Savior. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. What are you going to do, my friend, if a boat is going down? And there's nobody there you can confess your sins to. Do you go down to hell? I tell you, you have a friend even when the boat goes down. He doesn't go down with the boat because it is Jesus. He is our priest. Now, the Bible says this king persecutes. Now, the Bible, let me take another piece of chalk. I don't know where I'm going to fill it all in, but we talked about the 1260 days. History tells me, here it is. The 1260 years, that in the year, going to put up the dates, 538 A.D. The Emperor Justinian made a decree making the leader of that great church the head of the churches, the definer of doctrine, the corrector of heretics in 538. That is history. After them, after the kings of Europe, he became a worldwide power, 538. And if you add 1260 years onto 538, you come through unto 1798. And there you have what historians call the Dark Ages. The noonday of that church was the midnight of the world. And folk, I'm going to show you pictures tomorrow night of it. The bloody Inquisition. Listen, during those black days, those awful days of superstition, History tells me that between 50 million and 100 million of the people of God were butchered by that great organization. 50 million to 100 million. Millions of earnest Roman Catholics, multitudes of priests. Millions of Protestants who wanted one thing, the privilege to read the Bible and to say their prayers to Jesus, put to death. You say, I don't know anything about it. Shame upon us. Go and get any good encyclopedia like the Encyclopedia Britannica and look up Inquisition and you read there the horror, the story of the blood, the damnation of innocent souls people say we don't know these things that's because we've been victims of the greatest propaganda machinery that this world has ever seen and it happened 12 60 years you say 1798 what happened then You've worked it out well. No, I haven't worked it out well. I want to say to the Anglicans, this is what the Anglican Church used to teach. This is what the Baptist Church used to teach. This is what the Presbyterian Church used to teach. This is what the Lutheran Church used to teach. And multitudes of godly Roman Catholic priests were burnt at the stake for teaching the same. I want to say tonight, I am not in the minority tonight i stand with the greatest theologians and the greatest preachers of all the ages what happened in 1798 come to revelation 13:3 revelation 13 and verse three. Here it calls this power the beast. That's not an insulting term, it is simply saying this kingdom. Revelation 13 verse three. One of the heads of the beast of this kingdom, one of the leaders, seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed the whole world was astonished and followed the beast. Now listen, the Bible said 2,000 years ago that this great church system that was born in Rome would rule for 1260 years, the Dark Ages. started ruling in 538. Then he persecuted Did you know if you go back in Europe 200 years ago, you couldn't have a meeting like this? You'd be burnt for having a Bible. Then you come through to 1798. And in 1798, listen to it, General Berthier, one of the generals of Napoleon Bonaparte, marched down into Rome and took the Pope prisoner in 1798 the deadly wound, the fatal wound. You say, it's impossible. It's not impossible, it's the truth. And that is why I've had people who are people of all religions, I don't know how many, atheists even, uh, communists, infidels, people of all religions, and they've come into this meeting and they've walked out of this meeting and they've said to me, there is no doubt there is a God in heaven. The Bible is true. It is true. It is true because what man could foresee these things, I ask you? What man could foresee these things? Tonight you're not in an ordinary meeting. You're in a meeting where Almighty God is manifesting His power. Is that all right? It's the truth. Listen. The verse said, the deadly wound was healed. Did you hear it? Verse 4 Revelation 13, verse 4. The deadly wound was healed. The deadly wound was healed. This deadly wound that was inf- inflicted upon this great apostate church, this great counterfeit church, this great pseudo-church, this deadly wound that happened in 1798 would only be a temporary thing it would be healed that power would come back with all the power of the dark ages When i talk about the coming world boycott and the mark of the beast for god's sake hear it with an open mind how blind is this generation that follows tradition and is afraid of the thunders of the voice of god i believe on the evidence of holy scripture that the greatest crisis in the history of humanity is awaiting god's people God has brought you to these meetings so you can get ready but tonight this is my appeal there are two systems the system of Christ and the cross and the system of Antichrist there is the story of the God who became man to save us and there's the story of the man who would be God I want to tell you folk I don't care what your decision is in some ways it I do care in many ways but as far as I'm concerned come hell or high water I want to be true to the Christ of the Bible and the Christ of the cross and I want to say this tonight as I said in Manila and in the Sydney Opera House as I say the words of Joshua I don't know what the rest of you are going to do but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord so help me almighty God how many of you feel the same whether you're a Catholic or a Baptist or Pentecostal without embarrassing you, it's a pretty big subject not to embarrass you not to put you on the spot I don't want to embarrass anybody Some of us may need to be embarrassed quite frankly because of our insipid faith but how many tonight whether we are Roman Catholics or priests or Marxists and there are plenty of Christians among them God bless them whether we are black or white or brown whether we are Protestants or Catholics or Jews or Arabs how many tonight will say I will stand for the Christ of Calvary and I'll stand to my feet for Jesus will you stand to your feet for Jesus will you stand up tonight for Jesus will you say I'm going to stand up for Christ the day is going to come when it's going to be very hard to stand for Jesus I say to you tonight give us courage to make a stand for the Christ of the Bible and take a stand against the Antichrist religion that is so clearly outlined. And I want to appeal to you tonight if you've got a walk for tomorrow night when I tell you how Antichrist has deceived humanity, when I show you the pictures of the Inquisition. They're the most difficult pictures I've got to show. And on occasions, I've had my life threatened not to show these pictures. But I want to tell you, folks, something. I am immortal till my work is finished. And so are you. And no man can touch me until God lets him. And when God lets him, the Lord is going to take me home to glory anyhow. And so come tomorrow night the meeting that is going to change your life. I want you to bow your heads. Oh my Father, what a meeting this has been. God has spoken to us tonight in his prophetic word. We haven't worked this out, God. This hasn't been some shrewd religious manipulation. But this has been the voice of God talking to us. And the word of God makes it plain. And oh God, tonight, as a great audience of thousands, we have stood to our feet as to a man. And we're standing tonight for Jesus and we want Jesus to come into our hearts as a man came to me the other night and he said I wish you'd have an altar call because I want to give my life to Jesus you don't have to have an altar call you can do it now and say tonight Lord King of my life I crown thee now thine shall the glory be lest I forget Thy thorn-pierced brow, lead me to Calvary. And so God, take our lives tonight. We're standing for Jesus. Bless this great audience. And save us at last in the kingdom, please, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Many people have said to me, these are the most amazing truths I have ever heard. And other people have said to me, even though this is the truth, it seems to hurt a little. They say, we've never heard things like these, and these great truths are tearing us up inside. I want to tell you folks something today. God only wounds us that He might heal us. Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves me, and Jesus wants us to be in His kingdom. And Jesus wants to save us from religious deception. And that's why Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. The most important thing that you and I can do today is to come to Jesus and to give him our lives and to follow the truth and to read the Bible and to go to church and to keep his commandments. And I'm asking you today to make those decisions and to make them right now.